I got something to talk about. This world is messed up and crazy. How I'm supposed to know? How I'm supposed to show? Afraid you see me, then afraid you let me go. Somebody paid me the way. I'm just trying to grow. Start a fire, let them see the smoke. Angel wings in the streets of gold. Loose change, gotta pay the toll. And it's a rocky road. They try to tell you to stop. They don't want you at the top of the spot. You gotta take you it. Gotta take you it. gotta make it. You gotta break it, chains. Gotta break it, chains. Uh, you gotta break them chains. You gotta break them chains. Uh, you gotta break them chains. You gotta break them chains. You gotta break them. Back with Real Talk with Nina, and I don't know, white noise keeps coming back and forth to me, so I'm going to turn myself down, and hopefully, in my ear, and hopefully it sounds good, but uh, reporting semi-live, because <laughs> this is recorded, but recording, reporting semi-live from Mexico, as you can see in the background, um, episode five of Sexually Speaking with Real Talk with Nina, at Real Talk with Nina. And today we're talking about what? We are talking about, well, one of the things is masturbation, for sure. Why? It's masturbation month. I mean, every month is masturbation May month. May is masturbation month. Yeah. You know, it's also mental health awareness month. Well, do you see how they coincide? Like, I'm, there's a reason. I'm trying to put two and two together, but I feel like there wouldn't be as much mental health issues if they took advantage of masturbation month correct hmm correct all right well you were talking about on your business page you are focusing more on male masturbation yeah Why? because um first of all i feel like because Again, this is all the whole stereotype thing. You feel like, oh, men don't need a lot, right? You just like the mechanics of a guy masturbating are super simple. Right. You don't, you don't need a lot. Well, like, I call bullshit on that. Why shouldn't men have as exciting of a masturbation session as women do? I mean, like, we have toys and all this fun stuff, and guys are just supposed to use their hand in the bathroom or in their bed, and, like, men deserve just as much fun and pleasure and different types of stimulation uh, you know so i just feel like we need to kind of level up the the self-love game for guys sure um well what i said when you brought that up is that male masturbation has a negative connotation right i think um you get if a guy is doing that most people just think you know that's disgusting or he's doing it because he can't get any, or because he's alone, or addicted to sex, or all those things. That's so, sad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is sad for us. <laughs> well, because we have the same thing. Women don't talk about masturbation either because we're not supposed to be sexual, right? So, I, don't, like, I don't know that's true because I think a lot of times women masturbation, and this is probably when we talk about in our sex conversations, maybe this is only ways that uh it's on a positive more positive light than men is masturbation because that's supposed to be hot and you know sexy and all those things when a woman does it yeah but it, right but it to, in my personal opinion and i know other women guys masturbating is hot yeah no i 
I'm not going to agree with you there, <laughs> but I am, I, I believe what you're saying about women thinking that, but I'm just saying, well, a lot of times we're trying to, you and I are trying to discuss uh, the stigmatism that society puts on whatever subject we're talking about. So when I think about masturbation, which I don't often, <laughs> let me make that very clear. I know I'm joking, but uh, I think about it all the time. <laughs> um, when I think about it, I feel like that's one place where a woman doing it is sexy and a guy doing it is sexy and good and pure. <laughs> and a guy doing it is, like you said, disgusting and, and just belongs in a small bathroom by himself in the dark that's with a true. screen protector. Always use screen protection. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I think, I think the other thing is that... Um, I mean, I didn't say it was gross. You said that that's the, that that's the stigma that's associated with right. it. Right. Yeah, I mean, because I'm a guy, and, and I think even when I – so when I say when I think about it, that's the first thing I think about is like, oh, don't talk about it. Stay away from it because for a guy, it's, it's not hot. So where did you learn that? Well, I, I think some of it just comes from what you were talking about, that, you know, if a guy's doing it, it's always given, like, a, a negative context, like why he's doing it. Right, but I feel like if people actually stop and ask themselves why is he doing it, probably because he's horny. <laughs> yes, or, or maybe but, but, doing it, but doing it too much, I think it's a negative context because it's like you're not able to have sex with a woman or anyone else. So that's why you have to do that all the time, which is lonely and not what is admired in society, I think. Um, yeah, there, there's probably some of that out there, but I feel like, again, because I'm all about challenging like bullshit stories, is mm -hmm. that um, that also plays into that like toxic masculinity vibe of, men have to conquer women sexually in order to be considered masculine. You know what I mean? Right, like, for sure. I agree. But I mean, I think that it all plays into the same stuff that we've talked about in everything. Right. So I would agree, yeah. Right. But I'm, like, I'm what, afraid to touch the mic certain ways because of what we're talking <laughs> about. I just realized I was like, uh... <laughs> Go ahead. No, I mean, I was just... I wanted to adjust it, but no, I just... I feel like I need a tissue or something to just, just, <laughs> just to <laughs> my glasses. Right. Okay. Um. But so then, so then, for women, like, do you have female friends that openly talk about masturbating? Yes. I mean, not all the time. Right. But if I if I'm having, I've had conversations on women talking with women talking about masturbating i don't think that's uncommon because no, you're talking I, about like a vibrator women make that joke all the time right they don't need right. it because they have a vibrator right right but i also think that women have a really hard time talking about masturbation with each other versus guys I, obviously i wouldn't know um for sure what that's like but I, I feel like women make that joke to each other about their vibrator or 
by each other vibrators, either as a joke or not? Well, I mean, maybe, again, maybe like joking, but I mean, I, so, okay, I'll give you an example, all right? So I did a workshop not too long ago about um, female, you know, like the, again, stereotypes and just female pleasure and all that stuff. It was to women. It was to women specifically. And we talked about the use of fantasy and porn. um, And I had a woman uh, who was hysterical. It was awesome. But she spoke up in the middle of the workshop and was like, I have a question. I was like, yeah, like, bring it. And she said, do you ever masturbate and have an orgasm and you're like super let down? Like it was like lame, like what a waste, right? And I was like, yeah. And then the other girls were like, oh my God, yeah. And it, it was like once the ball started rolling, not so much joking, but actually talking about this stuff. And I'm sure guys are the same. You have to have orgasms that are better than others. Like, don't you ever masturbate? You're like, oh, that was kind of a waste. Well, um, I really don't appreciate you asking me about my personal experiences. (laughs) Every time you you do that, um, I feel like as a person who's running this podcast, it's, it's my responsibility to share every single detail about whatever question you're asking me, which is fine when we're talking about fitness and, and relationships and whatever. But once again, you're asking me now. So, but you sure, know let's uh, go. I met guys in general. Isn't it like a thing where guys, um, they'll masturbate and it's like some of them are kind of lame? Like, I call them drive-bys. Like, you're like, eh. Well, yeah, I, th- I think so. And, and so, to put my own spin on this, um, I think it depends on like the mood you're in. Right. Right. Cause I think even though guys are, you know, have the stigmatism that, that they finish quicker, I think, I mean, there's times I've set out to enjoy myself more in one of these sessions than other. And I mean, taking my time or, or been more aroused or less aroused or, um, yeah, I mean all of the above. So, so yeah, I think on purpose, sometimes it's just better as opposed to, hey, I don't want to feel like this anymore. So I'm just going <laughs> to get it done. Right, right. So I think that like there's, there's like the water cooler. It's the same thing with sex in general. There's like the water cooler talk amongst men and women, like, you know, the joking or, you know, about stuff or, um, you know, the you know what I'm saying? Like you joke about it, but I don't think it's all that common for people to actually discuss their masturbation or their, their methods or, I mean, not that you have to, but I mean, there's something really liberating about knowing that you're not alone. Which is I, why I, no? Sorry, go ahead which is why I do what I do. It's like, and I think it's why you do what you do. You put yourself out there so that. Not by choice. Well, that's why I'm here. I force things upon you. So I think that that's important is that the conversations happen. Not always. I mean, you can joke, but I mean, some of the topics are, you know, like they'll tell one woman told me that um, the type of porn that she masturbates to 
And when I was like, oh yeah, I totally watched that. She's like, what? I thought I was the only one. I'm like, there's 7 billion people on the earth. You're not the only person that watches that. So I feel like sometimes it's nice just to get it out. Yeah. Uh, and I think co- different conversations with different guys, I've seen, um, I've seen some guys who are, who are closer friends discuss it. Do I, am I going in and out to you? I hate that. I hope it's not messing up the recording. I mean, I can hear you all the time, but it's definitely right. like louder and then a little bit softer, louder and then a little bit softer. Yeah. I hope that. Is there a lot of white noise? No. Okay. Um, anyways, so I've seen closer friends have different takes on that. I've seen some that uh, that will discuss it freely, you know, half jokingly or not. Right. And, then and then I'm, you know, I can definitely think of groups of friends that I can't ever see discussing that, even no matter how close they are. So I think it's it's just a case by case basis. Right. Yeah. The as far as like the methods, and you'd asked me in the beginning, like why am I focusing on men? Is because right. um, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with guys where I tell them about a sex toy for men, and they're like, I had no idea that that existed. Like, I think a lot, not all, but a lot of men have heard of like the, you know, the OG toy for men, like the fleshlight. The who? The flesh, the fleshlight. I don't know what that is. Uh, okay, so this is why, this is why well, I'm talking. Go. Um, so the fleshlight is a play on words because it looks like a flashlight. Um, the shape, but inside is a silicone replica of a vagina. Right. Or they have butt ones too. Um, so that's like the original masturbator for men, right? So, um, but since then, and that's like decades old, I think. Um, but since then, the types of toys that have come out for men are absolutely mind blowing, like amazing. They incorporate vibrations. They incorporate um, constriction levels. They incorporate. Obviously, I could go. We could talk about prostate stimulation until the cows come home because I feel like that's a whole other issue that needs to be just uh, like talked about. Right. But all great things like these masturbators that do it for you, where you just put your penis in there and press a button, and it literally does it for you. So you're talking about all these toys, and the first thing that comes to mind, and I thought about this earlier, was like to go wherever you would go to get this, right? So you'd go into a sex shop, and and well, I guess you could buy it online now, right? But I'm thinking you have people that just the thought of going into a sex shop, like a guy going into a sex shop by himself, like he's got a problem a girl going into a sex shop by herself just like what i said before is is you know hot like she's all about it and i hate that yeah. i hate you're you're right um but i hate that and i want to change that because there's no i feel like the world of sex has turned men and women like like, like against each other when we could actually both learn from each other like um you're right i don't think a lot of women necessarily are always comfortable going into sex shops either um but, I've been, but, but i'm saying the outside view of it whether you're comfortable or not guy or girl 
the outside view of it is because because i'm not comfortable just in my own head saying oh you know i'm gonna stop at kroger and i gotta stop by the atm and i gotta stop by the sex shop and then i gotta get gas it's my day that's my saturday i mean i think that's an awesome saturday to be honest well, with you I, i'm uncomfortable with yeah. kroger um, but no, whereas, you know, cause, cause I'm afraid of what people are going to think about it. A woman may be uncomfortable, but in a lot of ways, a lot of guys would think it's hot that she's stopping in there. Yeah, I agree. I, right. I just, I hate it and I disagree, yeah. but I agree that that's how it is right now. I think men in sex shops are usually like associated with either peep shows or porn videos. You know, like, God forbid, a guy goes in there to buy a toy, because what is he going to use a toy for? So it's that whole, you know, and this goes into the prostate stuff, but it's that whole, it really stems from um, either, like, really obnoxious masculinity stereotypes or, or homophobia. That's where, that's why I feel like that's what hurts men sexually the most, yeah. is, you know, um, stereotypes and homophobia big time. Hmm. Fair but enough. Yeah, you can go online and get them, and they're amazing. Like, I literally just posted an article specifically for men in my business group on Facebook um, called Real Talk with Nina, if you want to check it out. Right. Um, but it's all about different male masturbators and how it's important for men to be able to enjoy the same, you know, wide range of sexual pleasure and toys than anybody else. Yeah. So, you know, what are some of the things that come up in your conversation with men on your coaching? With masturbation and sex toys or with what? Sure. Yeah. Um, the number one thing when I ask about toys is they said that they, their spouse, um, who at this point has always, have always been uh, female, they would, they, I couldn't, I'd have to hide it from my wife. Right, right. So same thing I was talking about. And that's upsetting too, to me, because now the way I look at it is you now, and I, and I did a talk on this a while ago, is that masturbation, in my opinion, is a human right. <laughs> so if your partner is taking that away from you or, or shames you for it, there needs to be a conversation. And a lot of times that conversation is around stories that people have grown up with that are affecting the way that they view sexuality, which is right. super good. Hmm. But I mean, that a lot of that goes into take away toys. Like I said, a lot of spouses don't even like when they, when their partner is, well, I guess you said masturbating is a human right, so take that away. Toys are not toys. We're saying the same thing. So. Right, or porn watching. Same thing. I get that a lot. Yeah. It breaks my heart because it's not – it isn't fair. It's, and and they, a lot of times the people associated, it comes from a lack of security often and just misinformation. It comes from why does he have to – why does he have to masturbate if I'm, if I'm here? Like what does that say about me? You know, if he's masturbating, why doesn't he – a couple of reasons. One, you're not always there. Yeah. Okay. Two, you might be there and not in the mood. Right. So your sexual pleasure is your responsibility. Nobody else's. So if 
if my husband were to be like, you know, I'm not in the mood, and I am, I'm not going to get mad at him. I'm going to please myself. There's no resentment. I'm just like, oh, all right, my, I got this one, you know? This makes me think of um, in couples and maybe in your counseling. Obviously, there's the issue in relationships of just not having enough sex. Um, and, and by sex, I mean, you know, everything sexual, intimacy right. as a whole, right? Um, that fades for whatever reason. You get busy, you have kids, you maybe are just less attracted to the other person sexually. Um, what, what are some of the things you hear and some of the ways you help couples deal with that? That, that truly want to get back that spark with each other. So this is my, this is my, like, this is my baby, this specific topic. This is right. what I, what I do my coaching on. Um, so a lot of it, again, stems from fear of con just having conversation about this stuff. Um, and I'm so scared to interrupt you now because of the complaints we've had, the comment cards, <laughs> but before you get into it, I want to know what, like, if, if that issue comes up and you identify it as that issue, what's the first question you ask? What was your relationship, shape? what was your relationship like, uh, or was it ever in a place sexually where you were satisfied? And so with that question, I agree. That's a great first question. I wasn't even thinking in my head. I wasn't even thinking, you know, what, what I would ask first, right? But I do go on spiels often about whatever happened at the start of your relationship, is it fair, and I, I can't remember if we've talked about this or not, but is it fair to change that and expect the same result? So, for example, this, this is the shallow me, which... Not shallow. No, I, I know it's... Well, it's not shallow to me. It's about as deep as I get, but um, <laughs> uh, what I say is, okay, you meet someone and you're both in great shape and you're both having sex all the time and neither of you nag each other too much or annoy each other um, you don't have kids and sounds great sounds like a perfect relationship right to a lot of people so six months and a year in four years in of marriage ten years in of marriage you're no longer in the shape you were which you know, call that what it is, whether you could control it or not. You no longer want to have sex all the time because you're tired, you have kids, you have a, you know, a different job, you're busier, you don't see each other as much. Um, should you, to me, it's like, how do you expect that same feeling if, if it's not the same circumstances? And that's why that's right there. It, and we talked about this part, that right there is exactly why I try and keep some of those circumstances the exact same as much as possible, if not improve them, right? So obviously women all aren't all out for, for the way a guy looks or the shape he's in, but as much as I can help that along, you know, I'd like to. Um, the type of conversations you have where you're learning about each other and you're, you're learning more and you're trying to impress them and all that, that's something I try and keep going as well. Um, after putting thought into this subject right there, because I think guys, and obviously I'm speaking from a guy's 
point of view. And I don't want you to forget what you were about to say about how this is your baby subject, but I want you to have this information before you go into your part so you can maybe answer some of it. Sure. But I think guys do this even more than women do, right? They're like, well, they start looking at other women because who they're with isn't, you know, like I said, in the shape that she was in when you first started dating. Well, you know, look in the mirror, dude. <laughs> you don't look the same either. And so if you still look like a freaking, you know, 24-year-old underwear model, she might want to fuck you a little more too. But um, Or if you were still after her, you know, the way you were, maybe. So I'm, I'm bringing all that up because I, I think that has a, a big part to do with it. Um, I'm sure there's a deeper meaning, which I want you to get into. Um, and maybe it's not that much deeper, but, um, I think that shallower or just quote unquote shallower side of it plays a big part into it. Yeah. Oh, I I won't deny that at all. And I think, so the, the part that I do with the wellness coaching is specifically because I'm a firm believer that if you don't feel good with your body, it will absolutely roll over into all aspects of your life. I think that body confidence and sex drive um, are so closely tied. And I think people um, would like to think that love conquers everything and that love is all you need in a marriage, but it's not. I don't think love conquers anything. <laughs> I think if it did, people wouldn't get divorced. Love. Yeah. And it's great, but love doesn't pay your bills. Love yeah. doesn't parent love doesn't have sex yeah. uh, there's love doesn't automatically make you attracted to somebody love you know so yeah. um when we're talking about sex drive we're talking about the primal part of who we are and i think the the difficult part is the line of bs that most of us are fed when we get into a long-term relationship is that all of our needs are going to be satisfied by this one person all the time and forever and it just isn't possible for most humans right Um, so i do i ask them you know when was the last time or did you because there are relationships that are just like i just spoke with one recently that were like you know what nina i don't think we've ever had a lot of passion and lust and that's like a different conversation to have that's that's funny i was just going to agree with it because i've I've had conversation being divorced i feel like people open up to you more about things that happened before they got divorced and I think that's one thing that happens a lot is especially I hear from women is um we never really were just all over each other and and what make that makes me think is that she was never all over him because I, I think a guy is going to um want sex and and be lustful and all those things no matter what but to feel the true passion or fire i don't know what to call it but i don't know that how often women truly truly feel that and that's just i'm i'm kind of asking a question in saying that comment too but anyways go ahead yeah well i think um again there's some stereotype there where men always want sex um but they don't there are relationships where the guy is actually less interested and it's difficult for the the woman uh but Usually, women are the first partner in a relationship to have their um, 
interest. I hate saying the word sex drive because here's the thing. When a guy comes to me and says, hey, my girlfriend or my wife doesn't have a sex drive. My question is always like, okay, so if a really hot guy walked by her right now and had a conversation about her and what she likes and told her how hot she was and treated her right, do you think she'd have a sex drive then? Or do you think she's just, you know, and he's like, oh shit. Like, yeah, she probably would, <laughs> would want something. I'm like, all right, well then most women have a sex drive. So we need to like get over the, oh, she doesn't have a sex drive. No, it's just not being tapped into. There's a really big difference. Right. Really big difference. So the first thing is, like I said, when did you ever have one? If they're like, oh yeah, in the beginning, it was so hot. We And I hear this from both. Um, oh, we used to have sex everywhere. Oh, you know, I would have like knots in my stomach before we went out. And look, some of that is strictly biological. As you, far hear, as you hear women say that? Both, both. Okay. That's not, I mean, because I think a guy would say that, but I, I'd be interested to know how much women would just be like, uh, just flat out feel that way. Now, with that said, I, that also comes from some personal experience, right? And I don't want to say women don't have a sex drive, because obviously, if you're with me, <laughs> um, it, yeah, but no, I mean, obviously, I've I, I, I've said it obviously like ten times. I've been in situations on different ends of the spectrum there, so it's interesting to me to hear that a sometimes that a woman would be so in into it as much as a guy, if not more. Um, I know it's there it's just how often that happens because i don't want to i don't want to discredit what you're saying and i have seen and talked to couples where they've had that same i don't want to call it an issue but circumstance whatever um but they uh few and far between i'll put it that way uh so so there's i have not ordered it yet but there's a book called untrue by Dr. Wednesday Martin, which was the coolest name ever. But I have to order it because the whole book is debunking myths about female sexuality and infidelity and passion and lust and sex drive with women. And if you look at how many times I hear, oh, my wife doesn't have a sex drive, my wife doesn't have a sex drive. After a while, and this was you know, many years ago, I was like, this can't be true. Right. There's this common theme of women not having a sex drive after a certain amount of time. Like, I don't think that's biological. I don't think that women are supposed to just be really horny in the beginning and then for the rest of their life, they're just dead fish. Well, I, I think it's the opposite because we talked about how women at a certain age, at least from what I hear and, and have seen, that they have a higher sex drive than when they were younger or when they just got married just because they got to what I feel like is more this is biological that and a little bit psychological like we talked about but I, I think it actually increases it may just be she doesn't want to sleep with you dude well and so that so that's the part is that if I'm talking about in in the actual relationship what is her sex drive like with her, her partner 
So you can have women that are really, really in the mood all the time, but they're really unsatisfied sexually in their relationship. And that's mm -hmm. where I come in. And a lot of it is because women are not seen as the ones that desire sex more. So I think women tend to just kind of go, well, you know, this is, this is, this is the best it's going to get. Like, I right. don't, but when I help walk them through what turns them on and they say something like, um, the thought of, you know, my husband watching me with another man or the thought of seeing my other woman or, um, the thought of having public sex, that's hot. So I go, okay, so if you know these things are turning you on, how can we weave them into your relationship in a safe and consensual way? Why are you not talking? I, mean, I thought I heard a door open on your end, so I didn't want to see. No, it's probably me breathing because once again, this, this whole concept is so different to me and, and important at the same time because if I, I mean, when you said uh, watching, I, I, whatever the first one you said was, yeah. um, I, I look, saw myself on the screen, make a face and I was like, Oh, can't do that. Or on video. Um, but, um, for, I'm sure for the same reason that I make a face the same reason they don't bring it up in a relationship because it's like, uh, not happening. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I'm trying to think of the next way to go with that, because if I ask you, people come to you and say that they bring up things like that. So, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on it then? What, when you take all the information from the conversations you have and people spicing it up, easy out would be to say, oh, you guys got to ha have more conversation, communicate through that, figure out where you guys lie on that. But like, it's, is there ever, a, I'm sure there has to be situations where you're just like, you guys just aren't going to have sex. Well, I mean, the truth is not every couple is going to last forever, obviously. I mean, right. divorce is like over 50%. So that's like not a secret. Um, but typically the people that I work with are in relationships where they are both looking to level up their sex life. Right. Um, and I think that that helps. And I specifically work with people that are both on board because if one is not, then I usually refer them to an actual counselor. You know, like I'm not a counselor. I'm really more of a, a coach, you know, as far as here's two people that come to you going, you know, it would be like this. So the difference in my mind is what I do is if someone, if two people come to me and say, we really want to learn tennis. I'm like, awesome. We've been playing for a while, but we really just want to learn these new skills. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's pretend I was a tennis pro, which I'm not. Yeah. Okay, so you have these people with a solid foundation of tennis. They're both into it. They both carve out time every week to practice with me, and we level up their tennis game. Versus if you have two people come to me and say that they've been playing tennis their whole life, and now they want to learn football, yeah. <laughs> and one 
hates football and the other wants to play hockey and it, like that's not for a coach that's right. like you guys need to you know go to go to family counseling or marriage counseling um so i'm very specific where i say okay tell me what your situation is and if they say look we both want to level up our sex life here's some of the things we've thought about but we have no idea how to start or right. how to navigate. then i'm like i got you i got you so how often then are you telling people hey i can't help you Honestly, um, I would say I probably tell more people than not that I, that I can work with them. And it's because but you can I or can't cannot. All right. Um, I stand really, really firm in where I think my, my skills are. And I would be doing people a disservice, um, if I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, let's coach. And then, you know, I don't want to waste their money. I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to waste my time. Right. So, for example, the, the people that I've said no to, uh, I think my husband is cheating on me. Uh, how do I, or, or he did cheat on me, or she cheated on me. How do I get him back or back with me? Or, um, or other ones where um, sexual trauma. I do, I actually, ironically enough, I have a background in sexual trauma and abuse survivors, but... That is not, you, you deserve a licensed counselor with that stuff and how to kind of overcome that trauma in a sexual relationship. So those are the kind of things that I just, I, would be, I wouldn't be doing them any favors if I, if I said I could help. Right. Hmm. Fine. Yeah. But no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Because the, the only other question I would ask from there is, um, and see, I figured out a way to adjust my mic without feeling like a sicko. See, I so, like that one. See that? Well, no. See, you would because you're trying to spice up my mic life. Right? Um, the only other question I would ask is then, how often do you get into a situation, not situation, but into a client relationship to where then you figure out after? So you've taken them on thinking you could help, and then you figure out after I can't. Um. Not often. Okay. Only because Alex, I, I think I've been talking about this stuff for so long that I can tell really early on in just our. So I have a free discovery call always first, right. um, and I ask them a gazillion questions, and some of the red flags. Um, that come up have to do with um if it sounds like a super one-sided process like yeah. if, oh, you know that i'm like you know what i think you know i can give you some pointers on how to start conversation but if you're in a relationship with someone who's very jealous or who's very close-minded or who shames you um you're that that carries into other issues in your relationship not just sex because what goes on inside the bedroom is indicative of what goes on outside the bedroom and, and vice versa. Well, my question to that would then be just because someone is more conservative than someone else, right? Like that's not what you agree with, but is that totally wrong? No, most of the time you're always going to have one partner that's more open. Like somebody I'm coaching right now, she is much more open 
than her husband. Right. But they have wonderful communication. Every time I give her homework, she does it and comes back and reports back and it's great conversation. And, and there are times where she's like, I bought this stuff, but he said he wasn't into it. I'm like, okay, let's, let's, you know, why wasn't he into it? Oh, cause he said that X, Y, and Z. All right. Well then let's take that information, respect it and tailor it a little bit more to something that he'd be into. Um, and that would also work for you. So no, a hundred percent of the time, I mean, it's very rare that one partner, that both partners are equally as, you know, as open sexually. Right. No, absolutely not. So, so a misconception is that sexual compatibility equals wanting the same things sexually. And that's false. So sexual compatibility is how willing you are to work with your partner sexually. Yeah. Cause I can't imagine, you know, two people are ever just going to be on the same page. Like you may get to the same page. Like right. I think you're saying that, but I can't imagine you just wake up and meet somebody on the same page because you have different experiences too. Yeah. And then, and then stay that way for your whole relationship. Like it's almost impossible. So right. no, I don't want anyone to think that if, if you come to me and you're like, well, my partner's really conservative and I'm not, I'm going to be like, Oh, sorry, too bad. But there's a lot of other questions. Like in the specific person I'm thinking about, she is more open, but he's also very, um, understanding, compassionate, flexible, uh, accommodating, you know, so that makes, that's where sexual compatibility comes in. And that's why I knew hundred percent that I was like, okay, this is, yes, we, this would be a great relationship. And it's been, it's been awesome. So, you know, the red flags are usually a lot more obvious. As you talk about this, I think, you know, everyone in a relationship probably can sit there to listen to this and say, yeah, we could have better sex. Right. Um, Cause it, I don't want to say stale, stale is such an aggressive word, but even yeah. when you're having good sex, like if you, don't bring in something new and and I'm really hesitant to say that, but if you don't bring in something new, um, you're going to get somewhat bored with it. Right. Is it a hundred percent? Absolutely. Hmm. Cause uh, I can imagine you also talk to some people and they're like, they tell you their situation and you're, and you're probably thinking, and I'm guessing, but you're probably thinking they're way ahead of the game already. Right. With my current client, one of my current clients right now, I actually said that to her. I said, you are so ahead of the game. <laughs> like, right. you know, the fact that you've been having these conversations with him right. uh, is huge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Because then I think your, your job there, once again, being very careful, your job there would be just presenting other new safe things for them to discuss that they just yeah. haven't thought of. Right. And I, and, and I think it's so individual. So for, let me give you a really specific example. So I was working with a client and I think we talked about this maybe in our last video because the whole open relationship thing, but I talked, ago. I, okay, too. So I talked to them about going to a bar together um, and, and leaving together, but allowing them to like split off and flirt with other people. Yep. Just to, right. And um, she said, 
I would, I, I said, we well, got to come up with agreements. What are you allowed to do? What are you not? And she said, I would love to see him kiss another girl. Like it would really spark that like healthy, fun, jealousy chase feeling. And I would probably ravish him the second we got outside. And so I said, okay, well now your homework is to ask him what his rules would be. And he, um, he was not, it wasn't that he was against her kissing somebody else, but he said it would do absolutely nothing for him sexually. Right. So when you say, you did know, she, did she want to though? Did she want to what? Kiss another guy or she um, just wanted to see him kiss another girl. He's more interested in seeing him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so every relationship is so different. So where I could have 55 suggestions to do one thing, each couple might only be okay with four of them. Right. <laughs> so what might work for this couple, my other set of clients might be like, oh my gosh, I could never do that. Or, you know, oh, my husband said he wants to see me with somebody else, but I could never see him with somebody else. So like everybody is so, so different. Yeah. And what would work. And and I don't want to give away too many of your secrets because then people could just start listening to this and yeah. have to hire you. But if, if someone wanted to start that conversation with their spouse and they felt like their spouse would be open to at least having a conversation, I could probably sit here and think of some ways to start that conversation in my head. But like, do you suggest a certain way to start that conversation? Because like I said, I feel like anyone listening to this that's in a long-term relationship, a marriage, whatever, no matter how good your sex is, you'd like to make it better. Why wouldn't you? Right. So any suggestions on that? Um, Just starting the conversation strictly. So one of the one of the biggest things I tell anyone clients or not is don't ever talk about sex while you're doing it. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, go ahead. Sorry. So when you're in the, when you're having sex and you're kind of in a vulnerable space to out of nowhere, bring up a potentially, you know, controversial topic is it's it could be a big hit to the ego. Like you really want to have these conversations in a super neutral environment that where neither of you are in a vulnerable space that's like the the number one golden rule of talking about what you like and don't like uh in your sex life or in your relationship in general but not to do it in in the bedroom like some serious conversation it's it's like overwhelming but but don't you think right after something happens when you're like i like that like we should do more of that and if that starts a conversation, don't you think there's some value in that? Or yeah, when, so, when you have a reference, like when you talk about it, because I almost feel like I, I, I can definitely see a little bit of the point of what you're making, but I can almost see it being more of like an attacking thing later because you're, you know, we're sitting having breakfast and you bring this up. It's like, how long have you been thinking about this? As right. To when it just happened, it's like, oh, by the way. Right. <laughs> so, so you were specifically talking about how to bring up a conversation about something that you want sexually. Now, if it's something good, yeah. So I'm talking about vulnerable, controversial topics. Okay. So, so if it's something really good, um, 
you really can't go wrong. Talk that they about did. It. That they did. Or between you two, I think. Yeah. That they did. Talk about it in the bedroom. Talk about it while it's happening. Talk about it outside the bedroom. Talk yeah, about it. Yeah. You know, um, I did. I had a, a little. Uh, every now and then, on in, on my business page on Facebook, I'll give like uh, a directive. Like, if you're in a relationship right now, or you're sexual with somebody, even if it's casual, do this right now. And one of the things I did a while ago was text your sexual partner. Um, like five things that happened in your last sexual encounter with them that you thought was really hot. And some of the people messaged me privately and were like, is it going to shock them? Like out of nowhere, I'm just going to be like, Hey, by the way, when you did this and this and this, and this was really hot. I was like, yes, it is going to shock them. And that's, and that's what you want to do. So you right. talk in the beginning of a relationship, it's like that animalistic, you know, like you can't wait to get your hands on them. Right. A lot of times to recreate that, you need to do, you can't always recreate what it was like 15 years ago before kids, like, let's be real, right? But you can recreate the feeling of that newness and excitement by doing new things. So am, you know, so whether it's texting them something or sexting, I'm like huge on sexting, we should do a whole episode on sexting, mm -hmm. um, but doing something like that, like out of nowhere, yeah, she's going to receive it at work and be like, what the hell was that? You know, but it sparks a conversation and it's not a serious overwhelming one. The, to talk about something possibly controversial, I'm really big on, um, I don't know what to call it, but like indirectly bringing it up. I don't want to say passive aggressive, but for example, if you watch porn together, um, and there's something that you think is hot, show your partner, let them, you know, because yeah, what it, yeah. you know, if your partner's like, oh, that's weird, then you can be like, yeah, yeah, it's totally weird. Yeah, like, duh. Oh. <laughs> Same thinking <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go to Kroger because that's weird. <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> so. Wait, is someone calling you? No, it just said low battery. Hold on. Oh. That's all right. We're good. Yeah, we don't have a ton of time left anyway. So you should be. No, I have my best face. You're ready. No oh my God. My face is way up there. You're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> nope, I'm not doing it. All right, wait. I got to plug it in here, Chief. Yeah. And is it charging? Hold on. No, it's not charging even when I plug it in. All right, that's a problem. Why is it not charging? I plugged it into my plugged computer. Into the wall all the way, like it. We're supposed to be talking about sex, and you need help with this. <laughs> yeah. Is it plugged into the block thing all the way? What do you call it? Do you call it a block, a square, yeah, a brick? I thought if I plugged it into my laptop, it would like eat the power off my laptop and plug, you know, and like charge my phone, but right. it's not. Is it plugged all the way into the thing in the wall? Push it's it. Not, it's not in the wall. Oh, it's in your laptop. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Probably because you have to like do the trust unlock thing. I don't know. This is really you're on a meeting, so you can't do that. No. All right, hold on.
We're almost you know, done. I know. I, all right. Let's just try it. I think I'm at like 20%. We're good. Yeah. Come on. So I was just saying that sometimes uh, either watching porn or I always tell people there are some really cool games on like you can find on your phone or on or on the internet that are like just fun questions to ask your partner. So right. it's like, you know, it's not you asking your partner. It's, you know, the quiz. Yeah. Because I would never ask you this. <laughs> right. This quiz. <laughs> Wants to know if you think this is hot. Yeah. Because I don't know what I think yet. <laughs> no, I, and, and some of this, you know, I have my own ideas as to how, if I needed to have this conversation, I would do it. It's just as much as we possibly can. And, and the feedback I get from all these conversations is people are listening and, and taking some of these things to heart. So, you know, as many ideas as we can give people, um, I think it's great. Um, yeah. you're married. I was married. I'm also in a long relationship. So I think, um, I think we have good, even just between the two of us have good insight into the fact of what I said that, you know, why wouldn't you want to spice up? And, and I think that's another thing, you know, when people say spice, they think that means you got to do something crazy yeah. to, to improve your sex life when I don't, I don't always think that's the case. Um, so, so yeah, I think I, I like to ask those questions, those elementary questions, if you will. Um, because I think there's a lot of use in, you know, someone one putting thought into it. It's like, Hey, you know, I, I can have a conversation on this. And then two, how, okay. How do I start that conversation? Whether it's a girl or a guy, cause I can, I can even see, I think a guy, once again, the stereotypes and stigmatisms we put out there, I think a guy is expected, like we said, to, to want to have more sex, but I, I can really see it. And, you know, my podcast is supposed to be for the progression of men, but I could really see it being difficult for a woman to bring up that she wants more out of their sex life. Cause once again, I, I, I can't tell if I think this because of my own thought process or just from what I'm trying to put myself in other people's shoes, but I can see that being a little demasculating um, is if a woman had to ask me for more sex, you know what I mean? Or ask me for better sex. No, I, I can definitely, I'm talking for myself. Yeah. If a woman asked me that, I can see it being a little, you know, done the wrong way. Be like, what? I am great. At <laughs> You like sex with me. You just, you, what is wrong with you? I mean, and I'm joking, but at the same time, I mean, there's some, I can definitely see, see that. I don't, as I say it, I, I don't think I would take it the wrong way because once again, I'd be more like, okay, <laughs> what yeah. would you like? But, um, but I can see that being hard to ask for. And I guess the flip side is, even though that's expected from a man, that doesn't mean that a man shouldn't do it and have a strategic way uh a caring and considerate way to to talk and ask about it yeah i mean i'm thinking of a couple specifically where um the woman they they had a baby um not too long ago and she doesn't like her body and she's tired and 
he's really, really horny all the time and he works a lot. And there, um, there was like really, really massive resentment and anger. And so the way I actually was on the phone with both of them at the same time. Um, and the anger that I heard over the phone, um, there was spite, there was resentment, their communication style was very much like they were both hurting. Yeah. So they wanted the other one to hurt, you know, they love yeah. each other. Um, but that's human, you know, you want to like, almost like, well, if I just hurt them a little bit, maybe they'll pay attention. And I think sometimes giving them the right words to say mm -hmm. helps a lot. So I would say something like, you know, I'm making these names up just for privacy, but like, Joe, do you mind if I speak for you for a minute? And if I'm wrong, you can cut me off. He was like, right. go ahead. So I put, I put my, my dude hat on, which as I earlier, I can totally do. Right. Uh, but it was very much like, hey, you love her, you're attracted to her, you do not want to cheat on her, and when you come home from work, you can't wait to be sexual with her, and when she's always saying no, you feel rejected, you know, not masculine, alone, angry, wondering what's wrong, there's a little bit of fear, and he was just kind of like, uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> you know? well... And, and I, d I definitely, like I always do, interrupt you, but I think there's an important thing in there is self-awareness, right? Because I think a lot of times people are asking for things, and this kind of plays into a little bit of what I said too, are asking for things when they're not even aware of what they do or don't do or how they are, et cetera. Right, right. And it's also not nearly as comfortable or or socially acceptable for a man to say hey i'm hurt and rejected right. and it's a question whether or not you find me attractive and the pressure of me remaining faithful is really bothering me like yeah. that's hard for a guy to say and so sometimes when i can put words to it for them so it's not him saying it you know but then i did the other way around I said, you know, we'll call her Jennifer. I said, okay, Jennifer, can I, can I put words into your mouth and you cut me off? She's like, please, like say whatever you think that I should say. Yeah. So I, on her side, I said, you know, hey, I know you're at work all day, but being a stay-at-home mom is really freaking hard. I'm really tired. I only see myself as a mom. And when you come home wanting sex, I feel underappreciated. Right. I like you're not even looking to understand what I just went through all day yeah. you know I'm, I'm sick of being touched I'm touched and grabbed all day long you know you don't you you're angry at me you come home and you're angry and I automatically know that all you want is sex and there's going to be nothing before that and and she, and I was like is that you know like, that's it you know and so sometimes there's too much emotion going on for you to have like an actual effective communication sure conversation yeah and i mean that goes without saying because i feel like that's common in almost every argument you have as a couple it's just when it's about sex it's a little different because i think sometimes sex is one of the only conversations like that where both will say well i want it it's just because of this whereas opposed to in other arguments like i want this i want that you know they want that um 
And I think that's what can make it frustrating too. It's like, well, if you say you want it, then just do it. And you know, and the other side is if you understand, then just whatever. So, um, yeah, that's, that's good. I think, um, I think that's a conversation that's probably not as fun to have in this, but is really real that I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's painful and it's hard and no one likes confrontation. But um, in, my, in my experience, personally and professionally, the biggest breakthroughs come from the most difficult conversations. Right, right. So you, you can go throughout your relationship and brush things under the rug because it's quote unquote easier right what you're doing is also creating a hard for the rest of your your marriage so it's like you got to choose your hard either relationship where you feel unsatisfied unfulfilled and unheard or learn how to approach the situation coming from a point of I want this to work. I want to be with you. I want to be fulfilled and I want you to be fulfilled. Then to me, I would much rather have a difficult conversation that might end in tears and, and know that we've made some sort of a breakthrough right? and just kind of brush it under the rug for the next 50 years and, and end up either being miserable forever or getting a divorce in your seventies. Like, yeah. That's- yeah. I mean, you can, those type of conversations, just like any of the other ones that are important arguments that you have, I I don't think you can not have the conversation, especially something that is as important to, um, to your relationship as sex. Um, Because it it can, you know, as much as it can hurt your relationship, you know, getting it, getting it done the right way. I don't want to say done, but having that conversation the right way and growing from it can, you know, improve it just as much as not having it can hurt it. So it's a, it's a, it's a crossroads for sure. Yeah. So, all right, well, we'll end it up there. I think any last words you, I think you finally, I think you did just kind of summarize the whole thing, but anything else you'd close it on? Um, I I think you're right. I think that my, my, my closing line would be, some of the most difficult conversations are what is going to have the largest breakthroughs in your relationship. Not that they're always going to work. Like yeah. I said, not everybody is meant to last forever. Right. That's, that's just reality. But I would rather know now than 30 years from now. Right. For sure. For sure. No, I mean, I don't have anything to add to that. It's, it's just conversations that need to happen. And it's more about, um, having them with the right people, you know, some people aren't, you made a great point when you said the type of clients you'll take on some people's spouses or significant others or fuck buddies aren't just down to have a conversation. So you can't really help someone who doesn't want help. But, um, you know, when you have that conversation the right way with the right person, I think they, who knows what can come from it. So it's, it's great. It's great to talk about and, tell people I think that it's okay to kind of go out on a limb and approach a subject that might be a little hard. So, all right. Well, thank you, ma'am. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And I know we'll talk here soon. Hopefully you'll be on schedule and I'll be on time. Are you going to be in Mexico next week? Um, 
possibly no i'm joking no <laughs> so hopefully my background here didn't disrupt you too much no i'm just jealous it looks gorgeous i know i was like looking around the whole time so <laughs> yeah all right talk to you soon all right bye, all right, bye.